Welcome to the Three Point Stance Podcast with your host, Dave Whipke. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Three Point Stance Podcast. We'll be wrapping up week nine, in which some conference titles were decided. And most importantly, we'll be getting into week 10, also known as the opening week of the Whipfield Playoffs. Let's get the party started right away with the review of week nine. Century Conference, Wash High. They were at McGuffey. This game is always a fight, and this one was no different as the Prexy stood tall and won a brawl over neighboring McGuffey. 13-7 and took home the Century Conference Friday evening in Claysville. It was Wash High's 740th win in program history. Coach Mike Bosnick, he has 135 of those wins. And the win also gave Washington their 23rd section title in program history. Prexy quarterback Tristan Reed completed 10 of 17 passes for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Got the Prexies off to a fast start when they took the ball first. And he hit Xavier Willis with a quick out, and he turned it into a 72-yard touchdown scoring connection. Brody Coomer came on and knocked in the extra point for a 7-0 lead. McGuffey responded with a 69-yard drive on 16 plays, as they usually do with their long scoring drives. Usually ends up with a lot of plays because they like to run the ball between the tackles. And then with a four-yard touchdown run by quarterback Connor Crow. Crow hit Lincoln Johnson with a 60-yard touchdown pass, but the play was called back because of a penalty. No matter, as McGuffey still ended up with the drive with the touchdown to tie it up when Dylan Stewart knocked in the extra point. The Prexies came back, driving 60 yards in 6 minutes and 47 seconds. Reed hit wide receiver Elijah Thomas with a 9-yard touchdown pass. The extra point trial was no good. The scores were 13-7 at the half. But that score held up the rest of the way as a wash high defense stepped up after their uh, week eight loss at Keystone Oaks. And they were strong the entire second half, holding McGuffey scoreless. McGuffey coach Ed Dalton, never at a loss for words, said he thinks his team played their hearts out. I don't care if you like our style of play or if you don't like our style of play. You don't leave our game thinking we didn't play our hearts out. You're not watching the game. And here's the money line. If you think we can win an Olympics against them, you're dead wrong. It goes down to the wire every single time we play them. Hats off to them. They're a co-conference champions. Or they got shit. They got the co-conference championship, but Wash High gets the top seed out of the conference by virtue of the head-to-head win over McGuffey. Allegheny 6, Bethel Park was at Peters Township. Another conference championship was decided in this one, and this one was really no contest, Bethel Park. They scored 28 points, which stands to be the most points Peters has given up all year. The problem for them was Peters Township scored 68. Final scores, Peters Township 68. Bethel Park 28, giving Peters Township the conference championship. They remain undefeated. Running back Vinny Sarcone scored four times. He rushed for 110 yards on 23 carries. Quarterback Nolan DeLuccia threw for 318 yards and three scores. Carter Shanafelt grabbed five receptions for 131 yards in the contest. And once again, I mentioned the Peters Township defense uh, giving up only 37 points going into this game. They allowed 28. They fell behind early 7-0 when Tanner Pfeiffer hit a long touchdown pass to Ryan Petrus. The Peters Township went on a 28-0 scoring run to take the game over. Bethel Park kind of tried to stay into it. But Peters Township, every, every time Bethel Park made a push, they pushed back, and they pushed back enough that Peters Township 
and got themselves another conference championship. Over to the Big Seven, Ringgold was at Trinity. The Trinity Hillers, strong season for them. They finished four and two in conference, six and four overall, and a tie for second place by virtue of their 61 to 21 win over Ringgold Friday night at Hiller Field. Caden Vogel, Dante Derubo, and Nico Moro returned three interceptions in the scores as Trinity went up 26 nothing in the first quarter. Ringgold tried to respond when Daryl Tolliver scored on a six-yard touchdown run. Cody Shaponik made his first of three extra points, but the Hillers put the game away when Luke Laycock scored on a 93-yard kickoff return to give the Hillers a 33-7 lead, and they were never threatened again. Andrew Durig capped the scoring in the first quarter with a 34-yard touchdown run. Luke Laycock, again, caught touchdown passes from Jonah Williamson of 8 and 28 yards, and Aaron Beard closed the first half scoring for Trinity on a 57-yard touchdown run. A 61-21 for Trinity, and they're going into the playoff strong coming out of the Big 7 Conference. Tri-County South, West Green was at Mapletown. Billy Whitlock for West Green ran for 172 yards, 172 yards and three touchdowns as West Green pulled away in the second half for a 45-19 win over Mapletown in Mapletown Friday night. West Green finished in the second place in the conference. Unfortunately for them, they're still going to have to hit the road even though they finished in second place. We'll get to that later. Mapletown ends the season at 1-6 in the league and 3-7 and overall, but they did put up a fight. In this one, as the Pioneers led only 21-12 at the half, Mapletown was able to close in two points when Evan Griffin scored on a three-yard run in the third quarter. However, West Green went on a 24-0 run to put the game away as Whitlock ripped off a 44-yard scoring jaunt less than 90 seconds after Griffin's touchdown. Lane Allison then passed for 28 yards to Cooper Chambers for another West Green score, and that ended it. Uh, West Green finished at 6-1 and 8-2 overall. They'll be hitting the road for the playoffs, and Mapletown season is over. Let's take a look at the Black Hills. Burgettstown, they were at Fort Cherry. This was another one in which a conference championship was on the line, and Fort Cherry got it done as they won 55-22. to Matt Sieg was able to score three straight touchdowns after Burgettstown took an 8-7 lead early in the second quarter. His 22-yard run with eight minutes remaining in the first quarter um, gave uh, Fort Cherry an early lead, but then he went on a a big-time run later on in the half. He scored on a 19-yard run of 424 the first quarter and uh, helped put the game away. His cousin, Brody Couser, had a big night as he uh, threw a uh, 47-yard touchdown pass to Zach Schrockman to give Burgerstown the early lead, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Mr. Sieg and the Rangers put the game away in the first half. Both teams will qualify for the playoffs with Fort Cherry as your conference champions. Over to the Tri-County 5, Mount Lebanon. They were at Cannon Mac. Nice win for Cannon Mac, a bounce back after the previous week. They were able to defeat Mount Lebanon 41-28. There was uh, no conference championship on the line, but what was on the line was seeding as Cannon Mac got the three seed out of the Tri-County 5, Mount Lebanon with the four seed. Both will qualify for the playoffs. Cannon McMillan will finish, as I mentioned, as a three seed. They'll be traveling to North Allegheny, while Mount Lebanon will be traveling to Central Catholic in two weeks when Class 6A play gets underway. Uh, T.J. Sabatucci had caught two short touchdown passes from Zach Evans. Zach Welsh ran for two scores. Zach Bars kicked two field goals for Cannon Mac as they took a 41-7 lead. 
into the fourth quarter before Mount Lebanon went on a bit of a run to make it somewhat close, but uh, uh, no harm, no fouls. Canamac held on for the two-score win. Some stats from this one. Uh, Mike Evans completed 17 of 39 passes for 198 yards. And Zach Welsh, well, as I mentioned, he ran for two scores and finished with 135 yards rushing as uh, the Big Macs will finish 6-4 and four overall, 2-2 two and two in conference. They're looking good going into the playoffs as they finish with a three-seed out of the Tri-County 5. And Tri-County South, California, they were at Bentworth. And not much to say for this one. California already had the, the conference clinched. They went to Bentworth and took care of business. 61 to nothing was the final. Uh, California will prepare for the playoffs, and Bentworth, uh, uh, they'll be preparing to uh, get ready for 2024. So that does it for the regular season in the Whippeal. We'll be getting into the playoffs shortly here. Uh, a quick note, uh, the PIAA, uh, released their uh, enrollment numbers for uh, qualifications for the different classes. And Norwin and Hemfield will be expected to jump up to Class 6A next year. If Butler so chooses to rejoin the Whippeal, they too will be in Class 6A. So hopefully there will be more than 5A teams, more than 5 6A teams playing in the Whippeal in football next year as Cannon Mack will have three more uh, conference rivals to deal with. A help with scheduling for them, I bet. And uh, let's get on to uh, the playoff preview going on. Speaking of Class 6A, this will get on Friday, November 10th. Cannon McMillan will be traveling to North Allegheny. Uh, the Big Macs I mentioned earlier, they finished 6-4. and four. They will be the three seed in 6A. They'll be playing the two seed North Allegheny Tigers. They played earlier this year, uh, Cannon Mack, Fell to North Allegheny up in Wexford, 30-6. And the Big Macs also lost to North Allegheny last year in the first round of the 6A playoffs. 7-0 in a monsoon. Cannon Mac coming off a 30-6 loss in week one. And they also lost 7-0 in the playoffs up in Wexford last year. So hopefully for them, it'll be third time as a charm. They'll be bringing a pretty strong defense and a pretty strong running game. The bell cow for the running game has been Zach Welsh. He's rushed for 1,298 yards with 14 touchdowns. Expect uh, him to get a heavy dose of the ball, and hopefully for them it will be enough for them to get a victory. Moving on to Class 5A, the top-seeded Peters Township Indians will be hosting a playoff game. They'll be hosting Franklin Regional out of Westmoreland County, Murraysville, Pennsylvania. They come in with a 6-4 record. And they'll be tasked with taking on the Giant in 5A. Be bringing quarterback Chase Lemke, who's thrown for 1,057 yards and 12, 12 scores on the season for the Panthers. But they like to run the ball as well. Kyle Dupeel leads the way there with 1,014 yards rushing and 12 touchdowns. But uh, Peters Township and their defense, they've only given up 75 points all season. So they should be uh, ready to go taking on this Franklin Regional team. They'll be countering with an offense led by quarterback Nolan DeLuccia and a running game featured by Vinny Sarcone and Preston Blair. And, of course, the defense we had mentioned, only giving up 75 points all year. I expect Peters Township to uh, roll in this one. Moving on to Class 4A, the Trinity Hillers, the 10 seed, would be playing number 7 seed North Catholic at a 
I guess you would call this a neutral site game at South Fayette on Friday night. The Hillers finished 6-4 and four overall. They earned a three-way tie for second in their conference, one of the big ones they had this year against Thomas Jefferson. And uh, they do not have to go to the North Hills to, to play this one. North Catholic basically has to come to them in South Fayette. It's interesting how the Whippeal chose that site as a game. Hiller quarterback Jonah Williamson enjoying a tremendous season this year. We'll have to continue, continue it on as he's thrown for 14 touchdown passes. He'll need to be on top of his game if they're – to have any chance to win this one, as North Catholic will be boasting a rushing attack featured by running back Jack Fennell, who's rushed for 1,275 yards this season and 18 touchdowns. The offense for North Catholic also features Penn State commit and tight end Brady O'Hara, who has 308 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Should be a good one at South Fayette High School. Moving on to Class 2A. Elwood City will be traveling south on 79 to take on the Wash High Prexies. Washington was a three seed out of uh, AA. As you well know, they won the uh, Century Conference by virtue of their victory over McGuffey on Friday night. This game will be at Wash High Stadium. The Wolverines of Elwood City feature running back Elijah Palmer McCain. He's rushed for nearly 1,400 yards this season and 15 touchdowns in the season. When Elwood City is not running the ball, they're throwing it with quarterback Chris Smiley. He's thrown for 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. So Elwood City, even though they're coming in with a 5-5 five and five record, I, I think they're going to give Wash High all they can handle in this one. Uh, coming out of the Midwest Conference, uh, Lawrence County, always good football up there. The Prexies will counter with Eddie Lewis, who has 13 touchdowns on the ground this year, averages 7.3 yards per carry. Quarterback Tristan Reed has been coming into his own. He's thrown for 11 touchdowns this season, and both Xavier Willis and Reuben Gordon have 21 receptions on the season. This is this might have be uh, the opportunity to be the, probably the best game of the weekend here. I think they're two evenly matched teams. Uh, I think Wash High playing at home in front of their home crowd should have the advantage. I expect the Prexies to win a close one. Staying in Double A and also staying in the uh, Century Conference, Derry Area from outside of Latrobe will be traveling to McGuffey as the six-seeded Highlanders will play host to the uh, Derry Area Trojans who are the 11th seed in AA. McGuffey's potent ground attack features a slew of different runners including Dylan Drobage leading the way with nearly 600 yards on the ground with 115 carries and eight scores. Four separate players for the Highlanders have triple-digit yards in rushing. Connor Crow, he doesn't throw it much for McGuffey, but he's pretty accurate at 50%, and he's thrown for 454 yards and three scores. Uh, a note here, if both Wash High and McGuffey win, they'll meet in the quarterfinals next week. So it'd be pretty interesting to see. I, I kind of like to see it happen. I'd be also more interested to see where they would play that game since they're right next door to each other, wondering where the uh, um, neutral site would be. My bet would be either Cannon Mac or Peters Township, but they both have... Tough, tough games get ahead before we get ahead of ourselves. Staying in AA and also staying in the Century Conference, we have Waynesburg traveling to Wilkinsburg to UPMC Graham Field and take on Imani Christian Academy. The, the Rags of Riches season continues for Waynesburg. They finished 7-3 and three this year. They're the 13th seed in AA. Imani Christian is the 4th seed. Jake Stevenson pilots the Raiders' attack with 837 yards passing and seven touchdowns. 
Braden Woods when they go to the ground? Well, that's the guy they go to. He has 1,229 yards rushing and 12 scores. Amani Christian, they have some good balance. They split the quarterback duties between Steve Van Diver and Deshaun Burnett as the two have combined were 1,081 yards passing and 15 touchdowns. Burnett also has six rushing touchdowns to go with nearly 300 yards rushing. Waynesburg going to have their hands full against a pretty fast Amani Christian team, but I expect Waynesburg to show up strong for this one. Moving on to single A, and this is where we have most of our teams playing in the playoffs. Fort Cherry will be hosting against Jefferson Morgan. Uh, be Tri-County South against the Black Hills. The Rangers are second seed overall in Class A. Do-it-all Matt Sieg will be the focal point for the Rangers as he's amassed a whopping 2,334 yards combined passing and rushing on the season with 39 total touchdowns. You can see why he has a bunch of Division I offers. More should be forthcoming. Uh, his one running mate, Ethan Folletto, has been a force with 822 yards rushing and 14 scores. Wide receiver Shane Cronally averages 21 yards a catch and has six touchdowns on the season for Fort Cherry. The 15-seater Jefferson Morgan Rockets are led by quarterback Houston Guzman, who's thrown for 10 touchdowns, and he's rushed for six more. He's going to have to do a whole lot if Jefferson Morgan expects to pull the upset on the road. The six-seated Tri-County South champion Cal Trojans will play host to the 11th-seated Jeanette Jayhawks Friday evening in Cole Center. Cal Trojans Spencer Petrucci spearheads the squad on the ground with 1,286 yards rushing and 22 touchdowns. Quarterback Jake Lehu adds 17 rushing touchdowns and 731 yards on the ground to go with 321 yards passing. Lee Qualk has chipped in with nearly 500 yards rushing and eight scores on the season for the Tri-County South champs. Jeanette will be paced by Noah Sanders and his 1,000 yards rushing and 11 scores, while quarterback Peyton Moulter has thrown for nearly 1,400 yards and 18 scores. Five separate Jayhawks have double digits in receptions. Should be a good one in Cole Center. Moving on to Lawrence County, where the 12th-seeded Blue Devils of Burgerstown will be taking on the Union Scotties at Newcastle High School. Burgerstown will have to contend with Union's Braylon Thomas, who has 891 yards passing and 778 yards rushing. He also has 26 total touchdowns on the season. The Blue Devils will counter with Brody Couser, who has 1,250 yards combined passing and rushing to go with 11 total touchdowns. Zach Schrotman serves as a reliable target for Mr. Couser. He has 18 receptions for 350 yards and three scores. Both those guys will have to be at their best if they hope to pull the upset. And in the uh, craziest uh, distance game, I've been looking at this for last several days. It still blows my mind that this game is being even played where it's being played. In single A, West Green out of the Tri-County South will be taken on Greensburg Central Catholic at Plum High School. The second seeded Tri-County South team does not get a home playoff game. They're seeded ninth, and they're taking on the eighth seed. This uh, trek one way is 80 miles from West Green High School to Plum High School. I don't know how they're going to get there, especially on a Friday afternoon. I looked at Google Maps at several types of ways they could go. I mean, the fun doesn't begin until they get into Pittsburgh. It really doesn't. Really, for them, by the time they get to, by the time they get to Bridgeville, they're going to be tired. 
Oh, no, they're, they're, their trip has just begun. Do you remember the Friday? It was years ago. Lance Armstrong was riding through Pittsburgh. He, he was doing that thing for his Livestrong. There was a concert at Star Lake. I don't remember that. And it was like, it was playoff time. Like there were playoff games that Friday night. And I remember it was like wall to wall. It was like early 2000s. It was like wall to wall traffic, like tunnel to tunnel, every bridge, like no one could get anywhere. I just hope they don't hit something like that. I guess they're fine as long as Lance Armstrong isn't going through the city. Yeah, the Penguins I don't think are playing at home. The Pirates are done. I don't know if there's any concerts in town. But they, they, they could conceivably go, what they could conceivably do, this is actually kind of more interesting now if you think about it, <laughs> stumbled upon something like this, that they could just go out 70, go out 70 and shoot up 66. Three-point stance podcast is better than ways, evidently. Fair to say? No. No. no, no, I, no. I'm just thinking in my head, spitballing here, because I, I grew up not too far from Plum High School. My folks live... Uh, in, on the other side of Murraysville in Westmoreland County, Plum is 10 minutes away. I, it blows my mind that West Green's going to have to travel to Plum to play this game. And, and it's in Greensburg Central Catholic. Why can't they play this game in Hempfield? They could play this game at Seton Hill College. They could play this game at Greensburg-Salem High School. They could play this game at Norwin. They could play this game at Penn Trafford. Why are they trekking to Plum? I don't understand. I even saw one that they, they, they could go up 79 into town and up 28 and cross over the Halton Bridge and go up Coxcomb Hill Road. Getting back to this ballgame, it's at least an 80-mile trip one way, 160 miles if you do the math two ways. I hope they get a bus chartered for this game. I couldn't imagine being in a school bus than having to go play this game then get back on the school bus afterwards. That's going to be a smelly school bus, too. All that equipment for yes. that long? Even, even if they shower afterwards. So, yeah, it, it would definitely be, yeah, where are you going to store it? Godspeed, West Green. Godspeed. Oh, by the way, Pat McAfee is uh, the um, the facility there. He gave a lot of money to that, that school because that's where he's from. Uh, the facility out there has been greatly upgraded. So, at least I'll get to see that. Anyway, sticking with this game, Greensburg Central and West Green hooked up earlier this year at Greensburg Central week two. West Green lost 48-30 to at Greensburg Central. Uh, the Pioneers, they're going to boast two 1,000-yard rushers heading into this game. Billy Whitlock and Colin Brady have combined for 2,281 yards combined and 26 touchdowns. Quarterback Lane Allison for the Pioneers has thrown for 811 yards and 16 scores. Greensburg Central Catholic will be countering with Tyree Turner, who's thrown for... Nearly 1,200 yards, and he's rushed for 485 yards and has combined 24 touchdowns. Samir Crosby has 460 yards receiving and four touchdowns on the year for the Centurions. Should be a good ball game. Uh, wish West Green the best and their long, long drive out to Plum High School to take on Greensburg Central Catholic. Be interested to see how this game plays out uh, in the media Friday evening and the Saturday. Uh, moving on to uh, the Manesson Greyhounds. This is a big-time Cinderella story if they pull this one off. They're the 16th seed in single A. They're traveling to Southern Beaver County to take on Southside Beaver, who is sitting at the top seed in single A. Interesting, interesting thing about Manesson this year, they started the season 1-5, but they finished uh, overall 4-6, nice 3-1 push to get into the playoffs. 
They won three of their last four games, just mentioned, and they uh, culminated that in a 36-16 triumph over Beth Center to earn the last playoff berth. Southside Beaver, this is their first Big 7 title in single A since 1999 when they defeated the reigning Class A champs Union 49-15. Good luck to the Greyhounds in this one. They have some parts, but I don't know if they have enough to knock off Southside Beaver. Who knows? Never know. 16s beat ones in, in college basketball in the tournament. Maybe a 16 can beat a one here. So that will do it for our review of the regular season's finale and the preview of week one of the playoffs. Tune in next week as we review the playoff action and preview the second week of the postseason. This is the Three Point Stance Podcast. I'm Dave Whipke.